Welcome to Vitality Made Simple. The following production is for educational and entertainment purposes only. If you need medical advice, call your doctor. Now, let's go to Vitality Made Simple. Welcome to Vitality Made Simple, where we take the stress out of being healthy. I'm your host, Dr. Debbie Osment, and I sincerely thank you for joining me. Now, the goal is to live with vitality and to live without regrets. So because of that, we've spent some time learning to give our livers some love. Now, these our livers are just sitting there in the upper right quadrant of our abdomens, and usually they're very quiet. In fact, they're almost too quiet. Uh, your liver is just below your diaphragm, and hopefully it's doing its job. So in episode 65, uh, two episodes ago, we talked about the important and hard work that our livers do to help keep to keep us feeling vibrant. Last week, we talked about the stages of liver disease and some symptoms to look for. So it just feels so good to feel good. So today we're going to talk about strategies, specific strategies that you can start incorporating today to keep your liver healthy. And the key is knowledge. You know, once you have the knowledge and know that it matters, then it makes any changes much more simple. Now, this is information you're going to want. Now, we could accurately call the liver the forgotten organ. And it's so forgotten because it's so quiet until it's really, really sick. So my goal with this liver reboot series is to help you recognize early liver disease while it is still reversible. Now, the liver performs three basic functions. It does hundreds and hundreds of things, but basically it helps with digestion, it stores energy, and it cleanses the blood. It's a filter. It's also essential in the manufacturing and the secretion of many important chemicals, including hormones. So that's information that we all need. Now, the tricky part is when the liver gets sick, which is mainly because of fatty liver disease, you know, what we're talking about in this series, um, when it gets sick, there's there are minimal symptoms until the problem is really huge. In other words, it's a silent problem without any noticeable symptoms until it's totally overwhelmed. You've probably known people like that. You know, they don't tell you when little things bother bother them, but they wait until they have a blow up. The liver's, you know, sort of that way. Now, the fatty liver disease is the result of excess fat accumulation in the liver. It's exactly what it sounds like. And there are a lot of different causes, but most of the causes are due to our modern lifestyle. I want to emphasize that many people with fatty liver disease experience zero significant symptoms until severe liver damage has occurred. Because one of the big challenges is that the early symptoms are very nonspecific. You know, they are things like, you know, upper right abdominal pain that can be thought to just be poor digestion. Uh, People are tired. Well, who isn't tired? You know, that's very, very nonspecific. Uh, Another thing is that um, gynecomastia is one of the early symptoms. So that means enlarged 
enlarged breast in men, you know, also known as man boobs. And, and that seems very harmless. I mean, it's obviously embarrassing, but it's so important to know that that is an early sign of fatty liver disease. So because, you know, there are very little uh, significant symptoms, we want to look at lifestyle change, changes as the first line of defense. Because as we talked about, in the, in the four stages of liver disease, the first three are reversible. And they're all things that are going to make everybody feel better anyway. So depending on where you are currently with your health, I want to give you hope. Because this is loaded with hope. You know, your current condition, your current lifestyle habits can be changed in small increments and you can have huge benefits. I love small increments. I've learned through, you know, 40 years almost of, of clinical practice, 37 as a private practice dentist. And then, of course, there was school and experience with patients. Uh, I've learned that people do better with incremental changes. I call them start somewheres. Um, you know, last week, as we talked about the four stages, uh, we found that the first three are reversible. Isn't that great news? That is lots and lots of hope. Then um, we talked about, you know, the primary three causes of fatty liver disease. The first one was the increase in sugary foods and drinks. We also talked about how medications um, have side effects and nutrient depletions that contribute to fatty liver disease. And then we talked about how other chronic inflammatory illnesses also damage the liver. So, you know, everything affects everything. It's not one thing. When you have chronic illnesses, you're going to be taking more medications. When you have take more medications, you're going to have potentially more side effects, uh, nutrient depletions, and that's going to cause more medications. When you eat a lot of sugary foods, you're going to have more chronic inflammatory illnesses. You can see how this is just a merry-go-round that you want to get off. So it's important to start with the simple things first. It, I think it's just so important to think about the free things. And knowledge is at the top of that. Knowledge is free. There's tons of excellent excellent knowledge that you can gain, not only from me, but from a lot of other uh, health practitioners, other doctors, other other uh, experts that want to help you. I want to emphasize that you have to get knowledge first and know why. Once you have that in your in your brain and in your heart, then your actions will more naturally follow. Now, we talked about that sugar is a, a big problem. And it's and one thing, you know, knowledge-wise is to know that our food is highly engineered to be addictive. We have, we live in an environment where it's not, not just by chance that people have gained a lot of weight and that people have developed these chronic inflammatory illnesses. You know, it's not by accident that you hear commercials that say, you know, get your own bag or you can't eat just one. I mean, our food these days is scientifically designed to make us crave more and more and more. And it's loaded with sugar, it's loaded with salt, and it's loaded with uh, bad fats. You know, I used to keep a bag of Oreos under my car seat all through dental school, even later, even when I had kids in the back seat, um, I would throw them an Oreo once in a while and I would eat two or three. And I thought that it didn't matter at all for my health. At that time, I didn't have the knowledge to really know 
that my body had needs that that it couldn't synthesize on its own. I mean, I'd already been through dental school at this point. Um, I should have known. But, you know, they have harnessed some of the smartest scientists in the entire world to work for food companies. And they determine what they call the bliss point of food. The bliss point is a thing. And um, that's the perfect crunch. That's the perfect sweetness, the perfect saltiness, texture, mouthfeel. You know, it's not by accident that you eat a cheese puff and you want the whole bag. You know, they use functional MRIs to figure this out. Those are those are MRIs that are in real time. They can watch what the brain's doing. They can see what areas are being lit up. They know specifically the amounts of sugar, the amounts of salt, the amounts of fat that produce, you know, like a dopamine hit in your brain and that make you want more and more and more of their product. I talked about last week that, you know, sugar is just added to so many things that are considered health foods. Think about yogurt, think about bagels. You know, when you're having a meal, it's really dessert in terms of the amount of sugar uh, because, you know, sugar is considered natural. So you have to be very aware on food labels. In fact, if, if, if a natural food has a food label, it's probably not natural. You don't find natural on an apple or a banana or, you know, a um, a bunch of kale. But but think, you know, think about reading sugar, reading labels and knowing what the sugar content is. If you see four grams of sugar, then think about that as being a teaspoon. You know, once you know that and can picture it, it really, really helps. Now, uh, here's a strategy that I have seen work for so many of my patients. You you first, if you think you have a sugar addiction or if you want to cut down on sugar, uh, I don't generally recommend like, you know, going cold turkey off of it because then all you're going to do is think about sugar and you, you can't wait until you can have more. So so start out just keeping track, you know, every day for even a month at what you normally eat. Keep track of your sugar grams and your carb grams. And this is going to just help you see how much sugar is in the food, the, the so-called healthy food that maybe you're eating. So then you can just slowly decrease it. You can decrease it by 5% a month, 10% a month, whatever fits you. The key is to be aware. Now, this reminds me of a true story of a patient uh, that I'll call Sandy. She came to me as um, a patient who had lots of um, health problems, lots of chronic inflammatory problems, as well as a lot of decay. And the reason was that she was addicted to Dr. Pepper, and she was drinking eight to 10 Dr. Peppers a day. So that doesn't leave a lot of room for water, obviously. So what what we did is just have her slowly start decreasing. I think the first month she decreased by one and the second month by one. I mean, she had to one more and she just had to slowly decrease. At the end, she didn't totally get off of Dr. Pepper, but she had decreased it by 90% and was diluting it at that point, you know, a little bit. So, so there's ways to help improve your liver health by decreasing your sugar, but but not having to give it up totally. As I always love to say, it's the dose that makes the poison. And um, you, you can decrease sugar and you can increase 
you know, real food fiber on my website, you can go to resources and I have a free download uh, of a fiber list that will just help you know how much fiber you're eating. And that will also help your appetite a lot. You know, one study found that people who have fatty liver disease consume about twice the amount of high fructose corn syrup as people who don't. And lots and lots of researchers believe that it even triggers fatty liver disease. Now, this is not a disease in just adults anymore. It's now in children. The liver processes everything we eat and it re- it detoxifies our body. So if it's not working well, we're going to be sick. Another key thing to remember when you're you know, trying to make your liver healthier, which is going to make your life healthier, which is going to make your relationships healthier. It's all, you know, a very connected uh, interface. A very easy thing to forget is to drink water. Uh, we, so many people are dehydrated at a low level. I mean, even low level dehydration, unintentional dehydration will stimulate hunger. And when you're hungry, you probably won't reach, you know, for uh, a baked sweet potato or even your favorite vegetable. You're probably going to grab something that's in that category of those bliss stimulating foods. So, so staying hydrated is a terrific strategy for controlling hunger. Way back in episode six, I talked about hydration. That episode, um, I think it's called the ridiculously simple brain nutrient because, you know, it just has such an impact on how you feel and the choices you make. So concentrate on slowly decreasing sugar and eating more real food fiber. When it comes to eating more real food fiber, you know, find foods that you like. I mean, life is short, and if you absolutely hate Brussels sprouts or you hate beets, then don't eat them. You know, you don't want to create the stress of forcing yourself to eat things you don't like that your taste buds, you know, are rejecting. You should, you know, find things you like. There's a ton of great foods. Another simple thing that will make your liver healthier and that's easy and fun and free uh, is to find an activity that you love. Find something that you like to do that involves movement. You know, all of the studies show that exercising three times a week for 45 minutes to an hour can reduce the amount amount of fat in your liver in just eight weeks. So you see that that sentence, you know, exercising three times a week for 45 minutes can, you know, decrease the amount of fat in your liver in just eight weeks. That can look daunting. And people can say, oh, I hate to exercise. I hate to exercise. But do you like to dance? Do you like to garden? Do you like to play ping pong? You know, do, you know, what do you like to do? Do you like to take your kids to the park? You know, Do you like to have a walk and talk with a friend? You know, find something you love. You may enjoy the gym, then go to the gym. Find a fun class to take. The key is it doesn't really take a lot of time to improve uh, your liver health. It can be simple and it can be virtually free. Another area to uh, decrease fatty liver disease is actually right under your nose. uh, And that would be bleeding gums. Now, I know if you listen to Vitality Made Simple, you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to talk about bleeding gums again. Yes, I am, because it's huge. It's 
huge. And you can get some little brush picks. I have a real, you know, sort of dorky video that you can watch, you know, with me showing you how to clean, cleaning your teeth. It's not just about brushing and flossing. It's really even simpler than flossing. It's just using some little brushes between your teeth to break the biofilm because there are bacteria that live down there that so greatly impact your gut bacteria, and then your gut bacteria greatly impact your liver. I mean, who knew? It's all over the literature. And and I've seen it in real life, in real time, with lots and lots of patients that I dearly love. And I've seen, you know, their health greatly improve when they got their gums healthy. Now, You've got to be your own advocate when it comes to this with your dentist or your dental hygienist. Tell your tell your uh, dental professional that you really want to know where there's any bleeding because it absolutely matters. If it's bleeding, if your gums are bleeding, then they are inflamed. And if they are inflamed, that is negatively impacting your vitality. Okay, I've said enough for today. You also want to know your blood numbers, not just your liver health numbers that I talked about last week, but but you want to kind of know what your blood test means. So there's a book I recommend uh, by one of my instructors, and it, it is the most readable, excellent book. It's called Your Blood Never Lies, and it's by Dr. James Laval. Super book. Everybody should have it on their bookshelf. If you get your blood test and you wonder what anything what anything uh, means and how it impacts you and how to change it, you're going to find it in this book, Your Blood Never Lies by Dr. Laval. Now, remember, you know, medications as well as supplements, even natural remedies can put stress on your liver. So you want to know all about that. I have found a great nutraceutical that I've seen help patients. Uh, It's made by Zymogen, and it's called Liver Protect. It has several good ingredients. Uh, One is milk thistle, and that has been shown in many studies to improve liver health. So if you want to try this excellent pharmaceutical-grade product uh, and support the podcast, you can simply go to my website, uh, drdebbieosmond.com, and go to resources, and then to whole scripts. They'll send it to your house. It's really great. I've seen it help a lot of people along with lifestyle modification. Um, It's a good thing. Remember, it's never just one thing and you don't ever want to get in the habit of taking a pill and thinking that's going to do the job. You know, think about food. Think about movement. Think about water. You know, think about relationships. Think about, you know, all those things that sort of get ignored and they, but they make the difference. They're even going to make any kind of pill you take work better. Our livers get overloaded in lots of ways, and there's lots of ways that we can address it. But the main thing you have to do to reverse fatty liver disease is through lifestyle changes. You know, I talked about last week that it's 25 to 30 percent of people in modern societies. And, you know, that that's unbelievable. And it's because a lot of children are also being affected. But the good news, the hope is that the liver can repair itself in the early stages. We don't want to let it progress to inflammation, to fibrosis, to cirrhosis, uh, because lots of bad things happen. You're not going to be storing glucose properly, 
properly. You're not going to be producing hormones. You're not going to be detoxing. All of these things. Our liver is that little silent organ, that forgotten organ that makes a big, big difference in life. You don't have to be from Oklahoma to know that an ounce of prevention is absolutely worth a pound of cure. You know, that's a quote from Ben Franklin. I'm not sure if Ben was from Oklahoma, but um, he's probably been here and that's why he said something so wise. In some very recent research from June of 2022 this year, uh, they, they reported that fatty liver disease increases dementia. Now, that's news we can use. And losing just 7% of your body weight, if you're overweight, can begin to help you reverse fatty liver disease. You know, uh, obesity is the result of all the things we've talked about, overconsumption of sugar, lack of movement, uh, even even low-level in, in, uh, unintentional dehydration contributes to obesity. And you will always want to know your vitamin D level. That's a, a big thing when it comes to fatty liver disease. You know, ignoring fatty liver disease is so common in our world. We ignore it in the early stages and say, oh, we'll wait, we'll wait till later. Oh, we'll, we'll watch and wait. No, we don't want to do that. That's very normal in our world. We don't want to be normal. I want to help you not be normal because I've learned that normal, you know, just the typical and usual pattern in a society at the time, it really does not end up uh, well. It's consider what normal is in our world. It's dehydrated, irritated, constipated, frustrated, overscheduled, overstimulated, undernourished, underrested, inflamed, and totally stressed out. Fatty liver disease is reversible when treated in its early stages. I want to leave you with hope. And it's not just one thing. You don't have to spend money. You can just just have this knowledge and make a few small changes um, and you'll make a big difference in your health. Of course, I've been talking about fatty liver disease in terms of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. But if alcohol is part of your equation, then uh, if you have any kind of liver problems, you need to cut out alcohol. It's it's very uh, real. It's a very real problem that's directly connected to the overconsumption of sugar, and that's all related. But there is no one size fits all diet that works for everybody across the board. It's really just those start somewhere changes that can lighten the load on your hard working liver. Now, the goal is to live with vitality and not have regrets. I've heard of too many regrets in my years of seeing people clinically, and I want to help you not have regrets. Health does not need to be confusing, expensive, or no fun. And so I appreciate that you joined me today. I got a little bit on a rant, I think, but, you know, this is important stuff. And and it's, it's base, it's root cause health, baseline health. And we have to find the cause of things and not just treat the symptoms. The podcast is growing, growing, growing. We've gained nine cities this week. Uh, we're now to 638 cities in 57 countries. And that's all organic growth. Thanks to you. Thank you so much for sharing. Please subscribe if you haven't. Um, I so appreciate your time and blessings until next time. Bye-bye.